This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallach. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you need. Bet and Breakfast is on your computer screen, your television, your phone, your computer. I probably already said that, but we're very excited to be here on a Thanksgiving with all of you guys. What's good, everybody? I am Ben. With me are my guys, Ian McMillan and Donovan Smoot. Happy Thanksgiving, Giants. It's good to see you guys on the show today. We have, of course, our best, our best bets for Thanksgiving. Uh, it can be in the form of an NFL bet. There's also college football and college basketball on the slate today. We also will have our Thursday Pro-Am where we'll take a look at the games that we are playing and fading for pretty much a monster three-day weekend of college football and NFL action. But I, I wanted to start off today's show because, of course, it is Thanksgiving. And I know, Ian, this is your first Thanksgiving in the States. So what are you most excited about to be able to experience nothing being open on a day that you don't particularly celebrate? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to cook a Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to try on Friday here. Um, I do kind of like the extra long weekend, though. The, our Thanksgiving in Canada is Thanksgiving Sunday. So we usually just get the Monday off. So the extra long weekend is kind of cool. The United States version. I'm going to try not to burn down my apartment when I cook a turkey on Friday night. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. How, how are you planning on cooking the turkey? Are you going to do like just a traditional like oven roasted one? Are you going to get like a, a deep fryer out and like put it out in your balcony? Like what's your plan for this? Um, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to just toss it in the oven. Just the most simple way possible. Cause if I, if I try anything complicated and that's when things are going to go bad. So it's probably not going to be the best turkey that I've ever ate, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do. Probably just toss Fair. it in the oven. Fair enough. What, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving, Donovan? uh listen i'm just spending it with some with some family you know out here in houston everyone we all live like really close together and so i'm just going over to my aunt's house she stays like 10 minutes away so you know we're just chilling out there i'm honestly like and i'm ready because listen i know that the main question is like what's your like thanksgiving side like that's everybody's thing because to be honest sides are more important to thanksgiving dinner than the actual turkey that's the truth um right and so like for me you have to get cranberry sauce, but it has to be out the can. I don't want – that's the one dish. It can't be homemade. But that's not – this isn't the time to get fancy. I need the cheapest 89 cents type of cranberry sauce that you can get, and that, that's my Steve's. That's I, I think that's a really good call. I'm, I'm very much an advocate of the cranberry sauce out of the can. Uh, for anybody that might be watching that understands uh, like a, a Jewish Passover, I like the gefilte fish out of a can. Uh, none of you guys should ever try gefilte fish because for most people, for like 95% of the country, it's just completely and totally nasty. But for, for Jewish people, this is something that's like in our roots. So we kind of have to take it. But there's just something about it out of the can 
that that feels very good. I I didn't grow up eating mac and cheese on Thanksgiving because um, I, I I grew up we just we just didn't have it as part of our Thanksgiving tradition. We had the green bean casserole, we had the stuffing off to the side, and then Fire. I started to use yeah. And, and I I'm not much of of a stuffing inside the turkey or whatever other meat that you're doing. Uh, I, I love having the side stuffing and we would do it with like either a little bit of challah bread or like the sourdough. Like that to me was the equivalent. And then Donovan, you gotta put the cranberry sauce into the stuffing with the turkey and you're all side. Exactly, exactly. I'm a, I, and I don't know how you guys feel. I'm a big fan of like food touching and like food mixing. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. So like if, if the macaroni and cheese and the yams are touching and the cranberry sauce is on top of that, I'm good. Like that, I wonder, that's, a, that's a great plate for me. I wonder how Ian feels about that because I know that from a, a culinary perspective, um, how, how do I say it? I, you've self-admitted that that your cuisine taste is somewhat limited. So how do you feel about I have the, everything all up and, and dirty together? I have the palate of a child is how I put it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, mixing it together is fine as long as I like everything on the plate, but I'm not adventurous. My, my Thanksgiving dinner is very basic. Um, my favorite thing about Thanksgiving, and this is once again, super basic is I love a nice homemade roll, a little homemade bun with some, with some butter on it, right? A bite into that right before I take my first bite of Turkey. Uh, it's the best. Uh, I'm not going to try to make my own homemade rolls though. So I got to see if I can find a nice, uh, bakery here in Brooklyn. I'm sure there's one around I can buy, uh, some rolls in. So I, I don't have any, I don't have any hot takes for Thanksgiving dinner because I am the pickiest eater that you'll ever meet. All right, so, so Donovan goes cranberry sauce out of the can. Ian does the rolls for a side dish. Uh, I'll still go, if, if it's done right, uh, like a good green bean casserole mac and cheese is, is my side dish that I'm going with. But I, I think if you get them all together, mix them up. You can even take that, that warm, soft roll, put a little butter on it, throw some turkey, a little bit of cranberry sauce, and sandwich. Stuff, and then you have a dynamite sandwich We're the next here. day. We're here. <laughs> yes. We're here. All right, thanks. I'm telling you, Don- Donovan and I have been have been in sync since I started listening to the Silk Sonic album and and gave him my a review and critique on it. And now, the like, we're, we're simpatico, man. We're like, here. I love it. I still got to listen to that. I told Donovan I was going to listen to it last week. I and he's a liar. I will. And he's a I liar. Know, I will. I'll get to it. It's like 37 minutes. You can do it while like cranking out a, uh, a a preview of a game, and all of a sudden you're going to be bopping your head a little bit and feeling pretty good. So something right. maybe, maybe that can be a new Thanksgiving tradition for you, Ian, <laughs> is listening to a little bit of Silk Sonic. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to some of the games. Uh, we'll do, of course, our Thanksgiving best bets coming up in just a few minutes. But I always love doing the pro am with you guys because both of you have a, a really good perspective on not just the NFL but also college football, and I love that we can sort of dissect the slate together and find the games that we really like and also find the matchups that we're not particularly fond of. And I think that's helpful for anybody that's joining us for the first time, because many of you might just look at these games and say, I I have to bet this game. This is a big game that's on TV. And this is an opportunity for us to say, well, you know, maybe try and find a matchup that you can actually find a bit of an advantage in. So let's start things off with you, Ian. I I know that you're looking uh, from a wide perspective of games, both in the NFL uh, I know you got some college football games on the slate as well, but for this particular show, uh, tell me the games that you're playing. Tell me the games that you were fading for this week. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite plays on Sunday in the NFL is is the Buccaneers against the Colts. Bucks minus three. I mean, it's something that I preach all the time when it comes to handicapping sports, and this is especially the case when it comes to football. Is that styles make matchups? That's something that they say in the UFC, which is true. Styles make fights, uh, and it's true in the NFL as well. Uh, we all know the Colts by now. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has shot up the MVP rankings uh, because they the Colts just run the ball a ton. 
a little bit over 40% of their offensive yards gained comes on the ground. But now they're playing against a Bucks team that is very good at stopping the run. They're holding opponents to 3.8 yards per carry. Only 24% of the yards gained against the Buccaneers comes on the ground, which is the second lowest mark in the NFL. So it's not a good stylistic matchup for the Colts. They're going to have to throw the ball if they want to win this game. And I would not be willing to bet on Carson Wentz winning the game for the Colts. So uh, I like the Bucks minus three. Uh, just because of that stylistic matchup. And then the game that I am uh, would recommend people to may- maybe stay away from uh, is the Falcons and the Jaguars. Uh, I feel like as a Falcons fan, I have a pretty good feel of Falcons games. I mean, I, I couldn't have been more correct about the- how the Falcons and Patriots game could have gone last week. Um, and- but this Jaguars game, if you look, I'm, a, I'm a big stats guy. I look at almost every single stat. Like they're, they're right next to each other in like yards per play, opponent yards per play. Uh, the Falcons are a little bit banged up. Matt Ryan's dealing with some issues. Calvin Ridley's still out for them. Uh, I don't know if Cordero Patterson's definitely going to be back for them. And then on the Jags side, uh, something that not many people are talking about is, are we sure Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback? Like, I'm sure he's talented, but like, out of all the rookie quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure uh, at least the ones who have been playing, like he's not kind of lived up to being the first overall pick. Now he is on a much worse team than someone like Mac Jones, but Jaguars are just a confusing team to me. I mean, they just beat the Bills a couple weeks ago as well. So they have beat a couple of good teams. They've lost some bad games. Uh, so that, that matchup with the Falcons is a very strange one. And I think the odds reflect that as well because it's only one point spread. So uh, that would be one uh, matchup I'd be looking to fade this week. All right, before before I get to Donovan's play and fade, you, you brought up something about Trevor Lawrence that just had me going like, oh, I, I, I have to talk about this now. Because I've been thinking about this quarterback class a lot and how Mac Jones is all of a sudden going up to the top of the list for, for rookie of the year despite Jamar Chase having just an unbelievable season. Like, if you guys were going to redraft the quarterbacks, regardless of what teams you would put them on, would you still put Trevor Lawrence first ahead of Mac Jones? Because I still think I've seen 100%. enough of him. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like I've seen enough from him, even in the losses, even with them not necessarily moving the ball to know that like this guy's going to figure it out at some point. I still think I'd go Lawrence one, Fields two, and maybe that's a homer pick by me because, again, I saw that spark. I saw the special. And I, and I think Mac Jones, I don't know if he's this good – in another spot. I think New England's almost a perfect situation for him. And it's not a knock on him. He's just sort of right where he should be in an offense that makes sense for him. What, what do you think, Donovan? I think, listen, I think when we're talking about Lawrence and, and Jones, one of them has Belichick and the other one has Urban Meyer. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So like, we have to give him a little bit, uh, a little bit of grace. He, he has Urban freaking Meyer as his, as his coach. And so like, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. And so until I, Obviously, like, I don't think Miles is going to last. I think eventually he's going to go and Lawrence is going to stay and they're going to move on with that. Um, so I think I would still take Lawrence one. I'm with you, though, on field. I just – I'm not a huge proponent of taking quarterbacks who are one-dimensional, especially, like, where the NFL is going. And so Justin Fields can do both. And, again, he's with Matt Nagy. Like, like he's, he's probably going to get fired, like, today. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're just not with good coaches. So I think if you can get somebody in there that's semi competent, maybe we can see a different side of them. All right, where'd you go with this, Ian? It's so tough to tell because of the points you guys brought up, and it has so much to do with the, with the situation. But I I will admit, I mean, I wasn't the biggest Trevor Lawrence guy coming out of college, anyways. I mean, he's obviously a very talented quarterback. I'm sure he'll be fine in the NFL. But everyone was was naming him as as the next big thing, the next Peyton Manning. 
I never really saw that with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was surrounded by so much talent in Clemson, uh, and he had a couple bad games too. Um, now, I, I'm not a big Clemson guy, so it's not like I watched Trevor Lawrence a ton, but I remember the game against Ohio State, I believe, in 2019, the semifinal. I think they still won that game. Uh, or maybe I'm thinking about like a final against L- – or no, it's the final against LSU, against Joe Burrow and LSU. Right, he was right, terrible right. that game. He was throwing the ball all over the place, missing receivers, extremely inaccurate. Um, so I, I kind of still have the, uh, that game stuck in my head. But, I mean, like you guys mentioned, it's a terrible situation that he's in. I'm sure Mac Jones probably wouldn't be doing much better on the Jaguars uh, if he was selected first overall. So I'm TBD right now, but I do want it on record that I wasn't the biggest Trevor Lawrence guy coming out of college. So All right, we'll consider it on the record here on Bet and Breakfast. So before I, I so rudely interrupted Donovan's point to go into his plate and fade because <laughs> – that, that certainly sparked me. Uh, give me your uh, give me your play of the week, Donovan. Give me your fate of the week. Yeah, so my play of the week, I'm taking the, the Chargers minus three. They look they look good, and Herbert looked good on Sunday night. Um, the, the, like a dark the, horse MVP. Yeah, and like look, the the defense let up the the defense. You know they let up 37 points, so that's a that's a cause for concern. But I think that their offense is just really rolling right now. They're just outside the top 10 in points per game. They're top five in yards per play. And I think against the Broncos, even on the road, the Broncos, as good as their defense is, their offense just isn't there. They're out, you know, they have they have a lot of issues on offense and they rank 20th or lower in points per game and yards per play and in third down percentage. They're like 18th in yards per in yards per, per play. So they're not, you know, that much better. I think Los Angeles is able to go in, into Denver, even at the high altitude and do all that. I think they're going to be able to put some points on the board in terms of, and then in terms of a game that I want to stay away from, I, I'm kind of iffy on Pittsburgh and, and Cincinnati. It's just a AFC North game, you know, down the stretch of the season, the, the weather's getting colder. These games are just so weird. And seven of the last 12 games between the Steelers and the Bengals have been one possession games that they're, they're very, very unpredictable. They can go either way. And again, like I just said with the Steelers, we just saw them put up 37 points right, against the Chargers. And the Steelers, honestly, for the past, like, two years, since we've decided that Ben Roethlisberger is cooked, we keep saying, like, okay, they're they're not a good football team. They're not a good football team. And then somehow they just stay in games. They just stay around. And so I'm just I, I'm just unsure about this. And so I would stay away from this game. It makes total sense. And surprisingly enough, I think Big Ben over his last five games, might have been a stat that we wrote about over at Betsided, has actually thrown for nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. So he's actually done a good job of taking care of the ball. He's not throwing it past the sticks more than four or five or six <laughs> yeah. yards. So, you know, when you're throwing you're not to turn the ball over but regardless uh you can tell that there's a difference even when he's cooked uh compared to somebody like mason rudolph being in there uh and playing for a tie against the detroit lions for me guys this one is not necessarily uh, there's not a whole lot of conviction here but i feel like the numbers really set up very well for this particular game i, I wrote about this over a bet side of this week i think this is the hardest week in the nfl to be able to predict games both straight up against the spread survivor is one of the toughest weeks that I think we've faced. Uh, but this is my survivor pick this week. And it is Seattle. Uh, despite everything going on, they're a pick them on the road at Washington on Monday night football. Like to me, this is the, like the Russell Wilson, both middle fingers up. I'm not going to put it up on YouTube, but you, you got to get the jet. We blurred out anyway. Um, like he watched Pete Carroll just, burn this thing to the ground in Seattle after everything that he's built up. And even Pete Carroll mentioned that like, I'm probably not where I am without Russell Wilson. And that's hundred percent true. 
you have Washington coming off of two big wins. You have the, the win at home against Tampa Bay. Then they go on the road. They beat Carolina. Kind of feels like an opportunistic time to fade them and take somebody like Russ, who has been historically good over his career in prime time. He's 26-12-3 against the spread. He's 29-9-1 straight up. Like, this is his opportunity to showcase that he still has it to all the other teams that are going to be looking for a quarterback this offseason because you know that divorce between him and Seattle is coming. So I have to imagine that Russ is finally going to be able to break out of that slump. He gets a little bit more time to get his finger healed after that injury and missing several weeks as well. And the game that I'm fading, I, I can't figure out where I want to go with this Titans and Patriots game. Mine's now at six and a half. It opened at six with the Patriots favored. I, I know they've won five in a row, and I know that the defense is really good. They're the number one in points allowed this year, but are they a six and a half, seven point worthy favorite against the Titans team that, yes, both of you guys have said on this show are frauds. <laughs> yes, they are a fraudulent Probably. team, but are they fraudulent enough to be a seven point dog considering the teams that they've beaten this year? They still have beaten Kansas City. Uh, they still beat the Rams. Like they've had some quality wins as underdogs this year. So I, I just look at this game and think, I don't know who's going to score because the Titans are going to put some pressure on Mac Jones. He has struggled under a little bit of pressure this year. I don't know who Ryan Tannehill is going to throw to because AJ Brown's going to be taken out of the game. It might be a big Anthony Ferkser show, which nobody wants to see. So if there's any opportunity in this game, maybe it's the under, but from a point spread perspective, I absolutely want to stay away. All right, before we get out of here, it is Thanksgiving. It is, of course, our best bets. It's like how we end the show uh, each and every time we are on together, both on Mondays and on Thursdays. Uh, so Donovan, let me kick things off with you. Thanksgiving, mid-game. You talked about this a little bit earlier on this week over in our betting early leans video right here on YouTube. The Raiders is your pick of the week. Why is it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think listen, I think that the Raiders offense is still competent enough. They've fallen off a little bit, but I think that they're still competent enough to put a little bit of pressure on Dallas's defense. Also, Dallas in the spot, and you know, I mentioned it earlier in the, the video, the two and four in their last six Thanksgiving Day games, the only two wins that they've had are against Washington. If they're playing any other team, it, it can it can go the the opposite way. Amari Amari is still gonna be out. We still don't know about C D. Um, you know, I think that as a as plus eight, I think that Vegas is still like they have a lot of value there. And so when I when I took them early in the week, it was it was at plus seven and the line has moved to plus eight. I think that's a great spot. Um and so I have faith that, that Derek Carr can get it done at least one more time this season. And so I'm taking this week. Who you got, Ian? I love that play, Donovan, too, by the way. I'm all over the Raiders nice. there. Uh, statistically, the Raiders are still like a top 10 team in the NFL, despite kind of what the record says. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, the game I'm looking at, I'm going to give college football a little bit of love because we've been talking a lot of NFL on this show. I figured I'd give college football a little shout out here. Uh, the Egg Bowl on Thursday night, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I'm going to take Ole Miss, the Rebels, uh, on the money line. Slight underdog. I think it's only one and a half point spread. So I'm just taking them on the money line, plus 105. Uh, when you look at the numbers, the, st the statistics defensively, they're very similar, the, the two teams are. Uh, but Ole Miss has uh, an advantage on the offensive statistics, 15th in yards per play. Mississippi State is 67th. I think it's going to be a shootout. Nobody throws the ball more than Mississippi State, and I think Ole Miss is going to turn uh, to uh, uh, throwing the ball quite a bit as well because Mississippi State has a pretty good run defense, uh, and they're pretty weak in the secondary, actually. Uh, so I think we're going to see a shootout. I think we're going to see uh, a lot of throws, a, a lot of passing of the football. And I think Ole Miss just kind of has an advantage in that category. So uh, I'm going to take the Rebels plus 105 in the Egg Bowl on Thursday night. 
Yeah, I love that call as well, both on the Raiders side and also on the Ole Miss side. Uh, plenty of points, so I'm, I'm looking at the total in that one as well. But uh, may sprinkle something on a first quarter over as well. Uh, that's another one that you've actually seen the total move, but the first quarter over has actually stayed the same. So opportunistic if you're looking for something a little bit more uh, to, to get your, your, your juices flowing on a Thursday night uh, with a first quarter over 13 and a half. I got kind of a two-parter for my best bet, you guys. It involves the Lions. I, I think they're going to get their first one of the season, but uh, I'll still lean towards them on the spread at plus three and a half. Bears are an absolute mess. This line has gone up and down. Uh, initially went back up to four after uh, the odds makers thought that Justin Fields might be able to give it a go. Then it was announced that it was Andy Dalton. Then you're starting to see just the complete chaos and S show that is the Chicago Bears right now. They don't know if their coach is going to be there following the game. They canceled practice in the middle of it. Matt Nagy didn't address the rumors with his team. That annoyed everybody. Um, you know, I don't care that favorites have covered in 70% of Thanksgiving games since 2005, which is a pretty remarkable trend against the spread. Uh, I think the Lions are going to buck that trend. And then uh, sort of a, a prop that I like as well. If you're the Lions and you finally have an opportunity to win a game, give the ball to your best player and let him run free. This is DeAndre Swift. He hasn't gone over 15 and a half rush attempts more than once this year, but he's been like right around at 13, 14, 15, pretty much in every game, but two or three, he's going to get over it this time because the Lions finally have an opportunity to win in the second half against the bears. Noah Akeem Hicks is their best run stopper. Like they're going to give it to their best player and let him work in space where he's been one of the top five guys in the NFL in yards from scrimmage this year. I, I think this is an opportunity for somebody like Swift to really take advantage of an opportunity and a heavy workload this week. They only gave him 14 after 33 in the game against Pittsburgh. So plenty of volume for DeAndre Swift in a game that the Lions actually have a chance to win. What a world that we are living in with Detroit getting their first win of the year, likely here on Thanksgiving. And that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks so much for waking up with us here on a special holiday edition of Bet and Breakfast. For my guys, Ian and Donovan, I am Ben. Plenty more content for you all day long over at fansided.com slash betsided. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials as well, at Twitter, at Instagram, and at TikTok, at betsided as well. We'll talk to you guys back on Monday. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family and friends, and may all of your bets hit. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.